Hello and welcome back to the SNE Medic. So this is episode 9 and will be the last one before my exam. And so today we'll be going over 10 cases from the Medicine, MSK, Pharmacology and Surgery Bank on PassMed. Okay, so to start with case 1, we have a 45-year-old female who is in for a cholecystectomy pre-op review and she has a past medical history of type 2 diabetes and hypertension. She does have a high-fat diet However, she monitors her blood glucose and blood pressure at least three times a day, which are well controlled on medication. So she takes metformin one gram twice a day and amlodipine 10 milligrams once a day. And she also smokes 20 a day. The question is, what would her ASA grade be? And the answer is an ASA 2. This is due to her well-controlled type 2 diabetes and hypertension. However, we'd need to confirm her BMI and if this is over 40, then she would be an ASA grade 3. Okay, so next for case 2, we have a 54-year-old male who has had a recent exacerbation of ulcerative colitis treated with oral corticosteroids two weeks ago. He has also now had in total four exacerbations of his ulcerative colitis within 12 months. Currently, he is well with no abdominal symptoms and is taking paracetamol and mesalazine. This is an anti-inflammatory prostaglandin synthase inhibitor. On clinical examination, you find he has a temperature of 36.8, heart rate of 64 and blood pressure of 124 over 87. His abdominal exam is unremarkable and his bloods are all within range. The question is, what is the recommended management as per NICE guidelines here? And your answer would be to prescribe oral azathioprine or mercaptopurin to maintain the remission of ulcerative colitis. This is because the patient has had a severe relapse with two, more than two exacerbations within 12 months. Okay, next for case three, we have a 58-year-old male who is presenting with worsening shortness of breath. He's had an anterior resection seven days ago and had a cough two days ago. So a chest x-ray was done which showed right lower lobe consolidation diagnosed as post-operative pneumonia and was started on IV broad spectrum antibiotics. It's a past medical history of rectal cancer for which the anterior resection was performed and on clinical examination you find a respirator of 30, heart rate of 102, temperature of 37.2, SATs 92 on 35% oxygen, bibasal crackles on auscultation and an ECG showing sinus rhythm with no acute changes as well as a chest x-ray now showing bilateral infiltrates. The question is what is your most likely diagnosis and this would be answered with acute respiratory syndrome. So the main symptoms are acute onset, the bilateral pneumonia and hypoxia despite oxygen therapy and your management would be usually in ICU with oxygen, vasopressors, antibiotics for sepsis and positioning and muscle relaxation techniques. Okay, next, for case four, we have a 50-year-old male who is a motorcyclist and has been in a road traffic accident with a heavy goods vehicle. He has a GCS of 7 with E2V1M5, so he's opening his eyes to pain, he's giving no verbal response, and he's able to localise pain. He has no air entry on the left-hand side and an open neck or fracture femur on the right-hand side. On clinical examination, you find a temperature of 37.6, heart rate of 110, a blood pressure of 60 over 40, SATs of 95 on air and a respirate of 22. So the helicopter ambulance reduced the fractured femur at the scene and they also intubate due to the low GCS score. 
The question you have is which analgesia do you use in this case and your answer would be ketamine. This is an NMDA receptor antagonist for the induction of anesthesia, here in this case for intubation, and can also be used alongside succimethonium, a paralytic agent. So ketamine is usually used in pre-hospital pain relief and to facilitate intubation in hemodynamically unstable patients. So this patient has a BP of 60 over 40 and you don't want to use an analgesic which would further reduce the blood pressure. Case 5 is with a 10-year-old male who presents with a two-week history of a productive cough and fevers. He is allergic to penicillin and the question is, for management of a respiratory infection, which alternative antibiotic do you use? And your answer here is clarithromycin. This is a macrolide which inhibits protein synthesis. Okay, next with case 6, we have a 53-year-old female presenting with a productive cough with green sputum and palpitations. She's also feeling very unwell, feverish and lethargic. On clinical examination, you find bronchial breathing, crackles in the right lung base, a respirator of 25, SATs 95% on air, her heart sounds are normal with an irregularly irregular pulse, a heart rate of 120 and a BP of 90 over 40. You do an ECG and find atrial fibrillation with a fast ventricular rate and this patient has no history of an AF. The question is what is your first line of management and your answer is to give IV fluids as this patient has a diagnosis of sepsis from pneumonia. Therefore by treating the sepsis you should also be able to help the AF. Okay, so next for case 8, we have a 48-year-old female presenting with a 12-hour history of severe right upper quadrant pain. On clinical examination, you find marked scleral jaundice and she is tender on palpation of the right upper quadrant. She has a heart rate of 88, a respirator of 18, her SATs are 99% on room air and a temperature of 36.2. She is alert and orientated to time and place and has a widespread itch and also has vomited three times since onset. She has no past medical history of dermatological pathology. You also run some bloods and find a disproportionately raised ALP with a mildly raised ALT, common with gallstones. She has a raised gamma GT and a raised albumin. She also has a mildly raised sodium at 146, a raised urea and her creatinine is within range. The question is what is the cause of the widespread itching and your answer here is hyperalbuminemia. This is due to a diagnosis of cholelithiasis due to the cholestatic pruritus caused by the raised conjugated bilirubin as a result of obstructing gallstones. So the other results showing a raised sodium and urea are probably due to being mildly dehydrating from the three episodes of vomiting and another option was uremic pruritus, but this is more likely seen with a raised urea in a chronic condition such as CKD. Okay, so next for case 9, we have a 20-year-old female presenting with dysuria and an irritating rash. She is also 16 weeks pregnant and on clinical examination you find a tender red vesicular rash on her vulva. You do a urine dipstick and find she has both red blood cells and white blood cells in her urine and the question is how do you manage the patient? Your answer here is to prescribe oral acyclovir for a diagnosis of genital herpes simplex virus. This is not licensed for pregnancy but is well tolerated and you could also prescribe paracetamol and topical lidocaine 2% for symptomatic relief. 
So the primary aim of management here is to reduce risk of transmission to the neonate at birth and you have a higher risk with primary genital hypersimplex virus within the final six weeks of pregnancy. Also, a C-section should be recommended as the mode of delivery for all women developing their first episode of genital hypersimplex virus in the third trimester. Okay, so next for case 10, we have a 71-year-old female who has recently changed her new GP practice and is in for a routine new patient medical review. So you measure her blood pressure twice and find a reading of 146 over 94. The question is, how do you manage this patient as per NICE guidelines? And the answer here would be to arrange ambulatory BP monitoring to aid diagnosis. This is due to overtreatment of white coat hypertension. So what you do with ambulatory BP monitoring is you tell the patient to take at least two measurements per hour during their waking hours, and then you would use the average value of at least 14 measurements to get a blood pressure. If the result is more than 135 over 85, then this is stage one hypertension, and you should treat if the patient is under the age of 80 and has organ damage, cardiovascular disease, renal disease, diabetes, or a 10-year cardiovascular risk of more than 10%. Should the result be over 150 over 95, then this is stage 2 hypertension and you should offer drug therapy regardless of the age. Okay, so next for case 11, we have a 17-year-old male who has cystic fibrosis and is in for an annual review. Your question is, what is your advice with regards to his diet? And your answer here would be for him to have a high-calorie and high-fat diet with pancreatic enzyme supplementation for every meal. Okay, sorry, I got the numbers wrong somewhere. So this is actually case 11. And we have a 45-year-old female with a past medical history of rheumatoid arthritis, and she has ongoing painful swollen hands. For the last eight months, she's been taking methotrexate and sulfalazine and is otherwise well. So her rheumatologist decides to switch her to an anti-TNF-alpha. And the question is, what do you need to investigate before starting the treatment? Your answer here is to do a chest x-ray and check for TB as biologics can cause reactivation of latent TB and increase the risk of opportunistic infections. Okay, so that brings us to the end for today and sorry again for the mix-up with the numbers. So I added in the bonus question and I hope this has been helpful and also good luck to anyone else with an exam this Friday. And finally, thank you for listening. Bye.